Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Exodus 20. We'll be there in just a moment. As you're turning there, I want to remind you that uh, the 23rd of June, we will be celebrating a uh, Sunday service in Indianapolis, morning and uh, a late afternoon service uh, for our General Assembly. Uh, our team of churches that we're a part of, the International Church of the Nazarene, will be gathering. And uh, how many of you here uh, are planning on going to General Assembly? Just raise your hand. Uh, keep them up. How many are planning on going? All right, very good. You can put your hand down. If you would like to go and you have not signed up to ride the bus, I want to let you know we have a few spaces left, and we don't want you to miss out on that. And uh, it would be a great opportunity to ride down with some friends. How many have already signed up to go on the bus? Raise your hands high. Very good. Uh, keep them up. Keep them up. All right. The rest of them are not here tonight because there is a busload full, I promise you. Uh, but you could join these, and we'd love to have you do that. Uh, you need to see Mike Enzyme. If you don't know Mike, he's got a flag shirt on. I can see him from here. Is that you, Mike? Yep. Okay. Raise your hand. Very good. Uh, after, uh, he'll be in the, the foyer. You need to sign up soon. Um, next Sunday is like your last chance to do so. So we would love for you uh, to ride the bus. Uh, we will go down in the, for the morning service. We'll be there in the afternoon. We'll be there for that 4 o'clock evening service, and then we'll come back. The price is $35, and uh, that's not a fundraiser for anything. It just covers that transportation. We'd love to have you join us there. As you take your Bibles, and we're in Exodus uh, chapter 20, we'll be uh, in verse 12 together this evening. As we reach this halfway point in the series on the Ten Commandments, uh, it might be good for us to take a step back and look at all ten of these commandments again. Uh, now, we had a bunch of children here a, a number of weeks back, and they got it so well, I almost ran out of candy uh, for those who were going to uh, quote the Ten Commandments. We had a three-year-old get seven out of the Ten Commandments, and it blew me away. So, shame on us, adults, if we cannot remember the Ten Commandments. Uh, let's walk through them together. If you know them, you say them with me. If not, you just pretend like you do and just kind of listen to the person next to you. You may get it. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. The second, do not worship idols. The third commandment, do not take the Lord's name in vain. The fourth, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. The fifth, which we'll talk about tonight, is honor your mother and father. The sixth, you shall not murder. The seventh, do not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. The ninth, you shall not lie. The tenth, you shall not covet. It's interesting what translation we memorize things in as a child. It kind of sticks with you. I was sending a text to a friend the other day, and uh, you know what predictive text is? It, it's annoying. I don't know why it exists. You're trying to type something, and it thinks it knows more than you do, and it tries to finish the word for you. Or it looks at the words you have spelled often, correctly or incorrectly, and says, oh, I know what you're trying to say. Well, I was sending a text, and it was full of these endows in there. And the person said, are, are you that much of a holy person that you just speak in thee and thou all the time and it comes out in text? I said, no, I just can't spell anything right, but it just comes out. 
When I think of the Ten Commandments, uh, I had some Sunday school teachers that impressed on my heart, and the translations that they read from had the thee and the thou in there. And it stuck in my brain. But as we've been walking through this series, it's not enough just to stick these Ten Commandments in our brain and memorize them in whatever translation that you prefer that's before you. But God is calling us to live these Ten Commandments. The first four commandments address our relationship with God. We've already talked about how these Ten Commandments, they're all about God. We learn what it means to love God first. We've learned what it means to honor God with our conversation and to honor Him with our time on the Sabbath. Today, we're going to turn from Jesus' commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength, and now to His second commandment, Love your neighbor as yourself. See, these remaining six commandments, they address what it means to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? It's pretty simple. Any person who is around you at any time, they are your neighbor. So that's a whole bunch of people. And these six commandments, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, are going to talk to us about how to love our neighbor as ourself. As we do that, We're going to learn tonight about what God has to say to us about loving God with our family. This fifth commandment focuses on one of the foundations of all family relationships. Honoring our father and mother. Why? Because honoring my parents teaches me how to honor my spouse, how to raise my child, how to respect authority, and how to get along with people. Now, I confess to you tonight, I've struggled a little bit today with preaching on the fifth commandment. Not because I couldn't remember it, not because I didn't think it was true, but I anticipated a crowd like we have tonight. It's something that we expect to teach in Sunday school, honor your mother and father. But really, what does this commandment have anything to do with us who are no longer living in our parents' home? What does it have to do with us who maybe our parents are in heaven or they are gone now? How in the world does this commandment have anything to do with our life? I believe God did not just give this to help control wild children in the home. I believe this commandment is a lifelong commandment for all of us, and I want us to press in and ask God, God, what do you have for me tonight, no matter what stage of life I am in, in this fifth commandment? You see, every human relationship flows out of this commandment, I believe. Exodus 20, verse 12, let's look at it together as I read it. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God will give you. Notice this is the first commandment in the Ten Commandments with a promise added to it. You will live a long, full life. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But first, why did God give this commandment? Why would God put honoring your parents right after honoring him on the Sabbath day? I believe it's because of this. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Because there are no perfect parents, and there's no perfect family. See, if they were perfect parents, we wouldn't need this commandment. If there was a perfect family, we wouldn't need this commandment either. But, you see, in a family, parents are the first people that a baby, an infant, interacts with. 
A child is completely dependent upon their parent for everything. And because no parent is going to do everything perfectly, there will be letdowns, disappointments, even maybe failures. It's in this learning to love and honor and forgive our parents that we learn what our loving, forgiving Father has called us to do. I was blessed this morning as I heard Pastor Ryan, uh, as he was preaching in the first service, give an illustration about little Toby. And if, if you, how many were in second service? You were not in first service. Raise your hand. Okay. If you, you didn't hear this, he was talking about Toby, his, his child, and, and he loved to get into the light sockets. And, and, and he would tell him no, and almost defyingly, he would just kind of point to it, and, and yet he would talk to him and say, don't do that. And, and finally, he had to scold him with the harsh, unbelievable discipline of a flick on the finger. I love that. I love that, that a loving dad was kind of wondering, well, can, can, I, can I flick his finger? Is that okay? And, and when he gently flicked his finger, those tears began to come down his face. He told that story this morning. You were there. And and as he scolded him and, and he let his son come right up in his lap, he hugged him. He just embraced his son. Then his son got up, went back to the light socket, and did it again. Over and over and over again he told that story. It just reminds me that our parents have what is best for us even when we don't understand it even our parents who don't love the god who gave them that authority there's something that happens in us when we honor that parent things start from the very beginning just as toby is learning before he could remember i'm sure what it means to listen to dad we are needing to create that culture in our homes To understand that when mom and dad are honored and respected and obeyed, it sets a tone for how to deal with authority from the very beginning. We're going to come back to that in a minute, but I believe that's one reason God included this in the Ten Commandments. God gave you this command. Why? Because when you honor your parents, you honor God. When we honor our parents, we honor God. Some number of weeks, even maybe months back now, I touched on the issue of authority and even spiritual authority. I reminded us that the best place to learn authority is in the home as a child. Kids who learn to respect authority at home will grow up to respect authority in society. Kids who do not learn to respect authority at home grow up to resent authority in every area of their life, and, and they become delinquent in that area, and it affects all of us collectively as a society. You see, God's authority over you begins with the parents he has given that role to play that authority figure in your life. When you dishonor your father and mother, you are dishonoring God and rebelling against his authority. Talking to a group of adults tonight primarily, I know I run the risk of being insensitive or politically incorrect to tell you as grown adults how to remember or how to honor your parents. But hang with me here because I believe God's word is very clear and strong that there is no way out of this commandment. 
There's no exceptions. There's no free passes. There's no situation that if we would tell God, well, I guess if he had all the details, as if he doesn't already know, he wouldn't ask me to honor my father or my mother. You see, God's authority begins with the parents he has put over us. Think about that next time we are tempted to speak bad about our parent who is still with us or maybe who has passed on. It doesn't matter if we think, kids, that our way is better. We need to honor and obey our parents. Just as we honor God, the creator of life, we must honor our parents who gave us life. In other words, this family authority is in its connection with God. I believe one of the main reasons that we see an epidemic of divorce and and teenage major issues in life all throughout our society stem back to the home and what should be happening and what is not happening in the home in the area, at least in one area, of honor and respect of our parents. It's this skewed idea of what a parent really is or what a family is. And and, and some definitions are so vague, anything can be considered to be a family. Anything can be considered to be a home. See, when we don't honor our parents, when we don't lift up the God-established home, we see all kinds of problems that come out. Most of the time, when we don't honor our parents, it comes from a self-centered motive. It leads to another reason that God has given us this command. And here's another one. Because respect for authority begins at home. God has given us this command because it's important how we view authority, how we respect authority, how we honor authority. And he knows that it starts in the home. And so this command applies to all of us and it needs to be still with us at this stage in life. I want to share with you a quote from one author that I believe has something for us to hear tonight. A strong family is the basic building block of an orderly society, while a dysfunctional family is like a cancer cell in the body of the human community. How I relate to my family will affect every other relationship in my life. Friends, I fear that in our country, we are in advanced stages of dysfunctional cancer in the homes all around us. I recently was given, someone gave to me a 32-page summary. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? 32-page summary? It was a 32-page summary of an exhausted study of the family in America. It wasn't done by a church. It wasn't done by a religious organization. It was done by government officials looking at issues in the family. In the summary, it was amazing to me to see the number of times that they called out for some kind of moral code, some kind of standard, something needs to set the pace for these problems that are happening. As I was reading it, I was in disbelief, saying, have we never heard of the Ten Commandments? Have we never even seen anything like this before? See, we don't want people forcing the Ten Commandments down our throat. Some in our country say, but yet we wonder why a family in America is falling apart. I know that divorce has affected probably everyone in this room, directly or indirectly. You know someone who has been touched by the devastation of divorce. I'm not trying to be insensitive to the pain and the hurt that divorce brings, but it's the fact that It is so real and evident 
that I believe we need to look at what happens when the home falls apart. And God is trying to establish there needs to be a standard in the home, and we learn respect for Him, respect for others, respect for authority in the home. And honoring our father and mother is a big part of that. When we don't have a God-centered home, a God-centered marriage, it falls apart, and no wonder the kids do not honor mom and dad. Everybody thinks, when it comes to how a family should operate, that they are the exception. There's no exceptions in the Ten Commandments. There's no violation of the Ten Commandments that are without grave consequence. You've heard me say it before in this series. You'll probably hear it a hundred more times. We don't break the Ten Commandments. They break us. And God is not trying to be a cosmic killjoy, as Pastor Ryan talked about this morning. God knows the best way for us to have life. In fact, wrapped up in this commandment is a promise for a life full. We have to understand that our Creator, the designer of our very being, knows how we should work best. No exceptions. Nobody gets a free pass. Well, Pastor Brady, we're, we're under grace, and so it's not that big of a deal. Absolutely we're under grace, but God's grace does not excuse you or I from living out the Ten Commandments. I can't stress enough that knowing them, memorizing them, being able to recite them in 14 translations does you no good if we don't live out the Ten Commandments. Not just for a period of our life, not just in our elementary years, not just while we live underneath our parents' roof, but our entire life we are to live all of the Ten Commandments, honoring our mother and father. You see, parents, when we model and teach our children, commit to each other the proper respect and authority, these are great gifts that God gives to us. There can be a grassroots turning back to God, the God of the Ten Commandments, through our own lifestyle. It's families like yours and like mine. It's churches like ours that have to take the lead in areas like this in our society. When there's a sick society that is rotting from the inside out, they need to see examples of people like you and I living, not quoting, not shouting, not inscribing on their doorstep, but not living ourselves, but living before them what it means to have hope in God by living by his standards. That leads to a fourth reason why God has given us this command. Because he wants you to have the best possible Life. Honoring your mother and father. What does this have to do with the best possible life? There's things that our parents have done that didn't make much sense to us. At least my parents. And I love my parents. I love Pastor Ryan's uh, illustration this morning of of pushing the shopping cart. And and he had that oral contract with his mom that someday he'd be big enough to push the cart. But but then mom changed the course and said, you can push, but I'm going to hang on to the cart and steer it. There's an aha moment for him of, wait a minute, this is not right. There's all kinds of things we think about, well, when I become older, I won't do it that way. I'm not going to do it just the way my dad did it. I'll never forget my very first apartment, living on my own, paying for everything myself, and Grand Avenue there across from Olivet in a 300-square-foot apartment that got smaller and smaller every time we painted it. I stood there in our kitchen-slash-living room, almost bedroom, and just about bathroom all in one right there. 
and I opened up the cupboard doors and left them open without closing them, just because I could. I left every light in that apartment on, all two of them, just because I could. And I left and I went to McDonald's that way. Because I thought my whole life I was told you have to shut the cupboard door and you have to turn the lights off. And I always in the back of my mind thought, when I'm paying my bills, I won't do it that way. Until I got my own electric bill and I thought, turn all these off. We don't need lights. Let's do everything by sunlight. Pull up the shades and we won't have to have any electricity. I began to try to create fun for us that if we put sweatshirts on, maybe we could make it through the winter with no heat. You begin to see things differently, but... And at certain moments of our life, we see things that our parents have done, and we say, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. But when we honor them, when we respect them, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it may be a harebrained idea, but we follow their leadership, it sets us up to follow a God who really does know more than us, who is never without error. We, we see that he is, he is he's never in error, rather. He is always five or six or ten or a hundred steps ahead of us, and he will call us to do something that doesn't make sense. And if I cannot tangibly hang on to moments when I have honored my mother and father, how in the world can I honor my heavenly father who I don't get his ways? Because they're higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. We never grow out of honoring our mother and father. We will always have a heavenly father who is one that needs to have authority in our life. Let me unpack this best life possible. It happens by honoring your parents because it reinforces a social order. So many things in our society would be different, as we've already heard this morning, if people would live by the Ten Commandments. Some of you remember a time when it was, it was more culturally acceptable to live by the Ten Commandments, and you can even think of them as good old days. Though I've checked, in every generation there's been sin, there's been disobedience. But the farther we get for an understanding culturally of the Ten Commandments, the harder it becomes to see success in our culture honoring our parents, it reinforces a social order that needs to be there, that there is authority, and it's a good God-given thing. The stronger society gets by honoring our mothers and fathers, we can point back to this was God's idea. Honoring our parents, it not only reinforces a social order, it enriches the quality and the meaning of our life. Not only will we live longer, but we'll live better. Taking care of our parents models for our children how they should take care of you. So how do we have the best life possible? It reinforces a social order that God has established of authority. Honoring our parents, it enriches the quality and the meaning of our life because we begin to see that there is somebody in charge, the Heavenly Father ultimately. Taking care of our parents, it models for our children how they should take care of you. Now let's look at another question here. What does it mean to honor your parents? By this time, no doubt, there's somebody in this room who has come from a non-Christian home and it is a huge stumbling block for you to even think about how you could honor your parents because they didn't honor God. 
Some of you have even come from an abusive home, an abusive situation. And how in the world do you honor a mother or a father who was physically or verbally abusive to you? I believe once we begin to understand what honor means, we can begin to apply this in our life. In no way do I want to make light of your situation. And if I heard all the details, it would move me to tears, I'm sure. But the fact of the matter is, honor speaks more to the person's position than it does to their personality. I'm honoring them for the position or the role that they play in my life, not always on the decisions of their personality or how they have lived up to their role. I will honor authority not because they do what is right, because it is right for me to honor authority in my life. If we don't get this right, then we don't really honor authority. We honor what it is we think should happen. I hope you catch this. Especially those of us that we all have our own bag of rocks, but especially those of us who have had deep wounds from a mother and father. When authority has let us down of any type, and we begin to question, should I even respect or honor authority, we begin to think that I only honor, I only respect those who do what I want them to or what they should have done. But honoring authority has to do with, I will submit to the one who has been given authority over me, and I will honor them. There's some exceptions when whenever any authority asks you to do something that is against God, the ultimate authority, you follow your ultimate authority. That happens in all areas of life. And no doubt that may have happened and we need to go beyond what our parents or any authority figure has asked and honor our Heavenly Father. But friends, there's something powerful that happens. There's some kind of a release that happens when I honor a mother or father who did not honor God and say, you have not had the personality, the, the, the atmosphere of God, but I honor the role that you had in my life. I have a friend who, his father was not a Christian. In fact, his father was very antagonistic about his call to ministry. It made him very difficult to follow his call into full-time ministry. But I remember clearly that my friend not once has ever spoken, in my presence at least, ill of his father. He always spoke as well as he could about his dad. He didn't love the Lord. His father didn't love the Lord. He sure did not bless his following into ministry. In fact, he did everything he could to stop him from going into ministry. But he took every opportunity to find something positive he could honor his father about. My friend taught me a strong lesson that day about what it means to honor our father and mother, even when they are disobedient to God themselves. You see, understanding this helps us see that honor is an act of obedience. I will obey my heavenly Father and honor those who are in authority around me. Listen to this quote. Human nature being what it is, if we relied on feelings, emotions, or guaranteed reciprocity, doing good would be the exception, not the rule. To rise above your mood, your circumstances, your desires and whims, and to do an objective good deed describes a person who honors someone, who is living in holiness towards someone else. See, there's some negative things that happen if we don't honor our parents. Here's some consequences. Honor your parents or else, Scripture says. 
Proverbs 20, 20. If you curse your father and mother, the lamp of your life will be snuffed out. That doesn't sound too good. Proverbs thirty seventeen: The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. I didn't even think something like that could be in Scripture. Is that allowed? And then there's harsh consequences. In essence, God is saying, I'm very serious about this. He's not delighted in our suffering. No, the point is, there's consequences that come when we dishonor our mother and father. Finally, honoring makes us like Jesus. Jesus perfectly fulfilled the law of God, including this command. He honored his father and honored his mother, even when he was dying on the cross. Listen to John 19, 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Woman, he is your son. And he said to the disciple, She is your mother. From then on, this disciple took her into his home. In other words, at that moment, when any normal human being would have been consumed with their own pain and suffering, Jesus honored his mother by seeing to it that she was taken care of. After he was gone. We're never more like Jesus than when we do the same for our parents. How can I honor my parents? Let me leave you with some practical suggestions for different phases of our life. Kids who are here, anyone here still living in your parents' home, you get to be joyfully in the category of youth. As a child, we can honor our parents by obeying and respecting them. This isn't my idea. Listen to Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. See, this is the first of the Ten Commandments that ended with this promise. This promise, if we honor our mother and father, it gives us life when we obey them and respect them. After we leave the home, maybe as a young adult, a college student, or out on our own in the early stages, we can honor our parent, by accepting and appreciating them. When you move out of the house, start on your own. Honoring your parents moves beyond obedience and respect alone to acceptance and appreciation. As you emerge out of the insanity called adolescence, you begin to pick up different ideas about your parents. I've heard it said all my life by people who had gone before me that they began to repeat phrases that their parents would say. I remember thinking to myself, that's silly, I will never do that. And I find my wife saying, I think I just heard you say what your dad said. It's amazing the different perspective we have of our parents. Even our parents who may not have loved the Lord, they had some life experience that we didn't quite have. Even a parent who did not honor God and maybe did not even love us the way that God would want them to love us, they saw certain aspects of life that we can look and we can appreciate the experience that they had and in their own limited, flawed ability to give us the best advice that they thought that they possibly could. When we recognize that they are not the old-fashioned, ignorant weirdo that we once thought, we start to move into a category where we can accept them as humans who don't get everything right and appreciate them for their best effort as they knew how. 
when we begin to face the same challenges of marriage and parenthood and adulthood and other stages in life, we can honor them by accepting them and appreciating them. Proverbs twenty three twenty two says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and don't despise your mother's experience when she is old. I thank God for helping me see the wisdom that has been passed down to me through my parents. I have been given a great model. And I don't want to wait till their funeral to someday tell them. I want to tell them as often as I possibly can, thank you for teaching me what it means to love the Lord. Thank you for teaching me how to live life. Thank you. Now, they didn't do everything perfect. And the longer I live, the more I see that they didn't get everything perfect. But the longer I live, the more I see that I don't get everything perfect either. But I begin to see how I could honor them, and I could respect them, and I could accept them, and I could appreciate them. For some of you, the most spiritual thing you could do after this evening is to call your parent who is still living and to thank them for who they are in your life. Even if you can't come up with something to thank them for what they have done, thank them for who they are in your life by giving you life. Those of us who have a parent or both parents who are gone now, we can honor them and we can thank them by finding someone else and telling them what we would have told that parent. Remembering who they were. Thanking someone else here for the memory that they have in our life. As an adult, we can affirm and not abandon our parents. Our culture does not like this. Listen to how one author put it pretty poignantly. For many parents, the older they get, the less respect they get. All their affirming friends start to die. They are no longer wanted in the marketplace for their skills and their wisdom. Their grown children are busy with their own families. They led lonely lives now. Your parents have a great and desperate need to know that they still have value. They need affirmation from the adult children. There's a shameful tragedy in our society today where busy families are abandoning the elderly to die alone. The Bible clearly teaches us that their care is not the government, or somebody else's responsibility. It is our responsibility to love our mother and father and honor them as long as we possibly can. This is the cycle of the family. As time passes, the role reverses. At one point in time, your parents bathed and cared for you. When they are old, are we willing for the roles to be reversed? Are we willing to take on the privilege and the responsibility to care for them however God calls us to? 1 Timothy 5.8 says, Those who won't care for their own relatives, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Tonight, whether you can think of parents who honored God or parents that you just have to look to their role in your life. There's not much that they did that you could honor. God wants to set you and I free by obeying him in this commandment because it has little to do with our mother and father if we obey this fifth commandment. It has everything to do with the God who has created this commandment for our benefit. When we honor them regardless, it teaches us to honor our heavenly father regardless, the one who does not make mistakes. 
in a moment, I want us to close in prayer tonight. I realize that a message like this runs the possibility of two dangers on either side of the road. One ditch on the left is someone who says, I'm at a stage of life that I don't even know how I could honor my mother and father. They have been gone for so long, I just don't see much possibility. I want to challenge you to climb out of the ditch and get back on the road and begin to think that you can pass on to another generation some kind of honor and respect that you could still give to a parent who is no longer with us. Because you can teach generations like mine and younger what it means to honor a parent, especially those who have gone through a tragedy of knowing what it is like to have a parent who doesn't love God, but you can honor the role that they had in your life. There's a, another ditch on the other side of the road of just saying, you know what, this is one that I'm just going to skip. Either it's too hard for me to understand how to connect to, or this is one that I'm just going to skip. God says, I've given you ten commandments, not nine. They're not suggestions. They're commands. Not just to memorize, but ones to live out. Because when we live out these Ten Commandments, it helps us love our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. We see this is about who God is. And when we get that right, it should change how we see the people around us. Could it be that maybe some of us still struggle with authority of all kinds because we haven't got to the place where we could surrender to God and obey the fifth commandment. There's no government official that we could ever submit to because they're all ignorant imbeciles. Whether that's true or not, what does it mean for us to submit to authority? That person over there in the county, they never get it right. We're passing on something to a generation following us about authority, and it starts in the home. Father, I thank you that it wasn't an accident for you to give this fifth commandment to Moses. You knew that these commandments had to start with you, the God of the Ten Commandments, not ten top rules. But after we put you first and didn't worship any other idols and didn't take your name in vain and remembered your day and kept it holy by spending time with you, you knew that for us to get relationships right with everyone else, we needed to get things right in the home. Lord, I pray for each and every child in this room. I pray that you'll give them the boldness and the courage to obey quickly, even if they don't understand. Lord, I pray for every young and middle-aged adult who's becoming in a position to appreciate their parents more and more. God, I pray that you would prick our hearts to communicate our acceptance and our appreciation to our parents explicitly. Not just when we think about it, but on purpose. Maybe even this night. Lord, I pray for my brother or sister who this message may bring a lot of pain as the scab is pulled back and they think about maybe this being the the first year of not having their mother or father with them. 
or no matter how much time has passed, their heart still grieves the loss of a parent. I pray that you will remind us that though they are no longer here with us, we can still honor them, speak well of them, to those who are here that may or may not have had a chance to get to know them, we could help them know who they were. Thank you, Father. This is no different than any other of your commandments. It's not about the rule itself, but it's about you. I pray that you will teach us deep in our being what it means to submit to authority. Teach us what it means to obey you, our Heavenly Father by giving you the honor that's due you even when we don't understand. We've had a great day with you today, Father. As we take off, I pray that you'll teach us what it means not just to go from one mountaintop to another mountaintop spiritually, but to journey with you in every stage and moment of life. Let your words, not mine, come back to our mind over and over throughout this week. Father, it's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen and amen. As you take off, here's some homework, growth work. If your parents are no longer here, I want to challenge you. Maybe write a letter to a mother or father who's no longer here. Let that be a part of obedience for you tonight, just to honor them and and writing a letter. Those of you who are blessed to have your parents around, call them, Skype them, text them, write them, go to their house. You may not even be thanking them for what they've done, but thank them for who they are in your life. God bless you. See you next Sunday.